Возлюбленная Богом Церковь, начиная наше богослужение пред Господом, встанем, пожалуйста, и утвердим обетование, относящееся к преддверию нашей надежды, да воцарится воскресение Христова в наших телах. Склоним наши головы в молитве. Дорогой Небесный Отец, во имя Иисуса Христа, мы благодарны имени Твоему Святому за вновь представленную привилегию быть на месте всем, которое очертила десница Твоя для поклонения Святому имени Твоему. И ныне позволь наследию Твоему во имя крови завета подняться на вершины для нас недосягаемые и сокрушить всякое бремя и запинающий нас грех. Да будут прокляты в этом служении, как и прежде, все дела дьявола, болезни, нищета, преждевременная смерть, демоническая зависимость, всевозможные страхи, депрессии, разрушение, косность, невежество, все это да отступит от шатров святого народа Твоего. И ныне встань, Господи, на место покоя Твоего Ты и ковчег могущества Твоего, и да облекутся святые Твои спасением Твоим, и да возрадуются пред лицом Твоим. Дай нам больше от Духа Твоего. Пропитай нас Духом Твоим святым. Позволь нам найти светлое лицо Твое. Я представляю это служение в Твои божественные руки. Веди его рукою превознесенную. Великий Бог, Отец, Сын, Дух Святой. Аминь. Да благословит вас Господь. Можете садиться.
Ooh. 
С вами вновь начнем исследовать наше наследие, сокрытое в Священном Писании, неизменным эпиграфом к разбору и исследованию нашего наследия, Евангелие Луки, глава 24, 44 стих. «И сказал Иисус ученикам Своим, вот то, о чем Я вам говорил, еще бы с вами, что надлежит исполниться всему написанному о Мне, 
в законе Моисеевом и в пророках и псалмах. Итак, чтобы нам, как причастникам тела Христова, разделиться Христом исполнение всего написанного о Нем в Писании, мы продолжим наше исследование в направлении нашей соработы со Святым Духом и, разумеется, с истиной Слова Божия в том, что необходимо предпринять со своей стороны, чтобы получить право на власть отложить прежний образ жизни, чтобы облечься в новый образ жизни. Послание апостола Павла Ефесянам, глава 4 стихи, 22-24. «Отложить прежний образ жизни ветхого человека, истлевающего в обольстительных похотях, а обновиться духом ума вашего и облечься в нового человека, созданного recharging and fundamental verbs to put off, be renewed, and put on. And to confirm this given commandment, we shall bring forth another place of Scripture where the same author uh, brings a this very truth calling us to put off our former way of life and be dressed into the new by understanding and having knowledge. Colossians 3, 8 through 11. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. This is the old self or, old, or, or the old person, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on this new man. It's interesting that all of these uh, qualities are present in the children of God, born from God, born from the Holy Spirit or baptized by the Holy Spirit. People who have made a covenant with God, the Holy Spirit through Apostle Paul, says to put off these things. And this is incredible because usually religious people immediately dress themselves in some kind of godly clothing and saying that we don't have these qualities. We're the children of God and now we're holy or we're striving to become holy. But here it says you are to put off these qualities so that you put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. I trust that Apostle Paul wrote this book and in personal communication, I'm sure he explained how to do all of these things. We've noted that your decision regarding these three destiny-impacting questions will determine whether you transform yourself into a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath, or more specifically, will the completion of our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a guarantee, or will we lose it and our names be forever blotted out of the book of 
life, although they may have been written there at one point. In a specific format, we have already looked at the first two questions and have been studying the third question, what conditions are we to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we begin the process of dressing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God, in Christ Jesus, in righteousness and holy truth. And I will say ahead, that, of course, being dressed into the new person, we will do this by the confessions of the faith of our heart. In regards to clothing ourselves into our new person, we've concluded, although we will be dressing ourselves by the faith of our heart, confessing uh, the faith of our heart, we came to the conclusion that we need God's help, that is, we need His mercy, because the mercy of God is the great and unique power of God, identifying the essence of God, as well as his imperishable inheritance of peace prepared by him for man, born from the seed of the word of truth and performing his righteousness. The means of receiving any kind of help from God, which we see as the inheritance of the mercy of God, is the weaponry of prayer or worship. As prayer itself is not just a man's means of communicating with God, but also a kind of legal and sacral right that a man gives heaven, a tool that activates the given law of God. Man gives heaven this right so that heaven may intervene upon the earth. And we can possess the right that activates the given law of God only upon His established conditions. In our dedication to God, our inner state is the same as the inner state or inner essence of God. One of the prayers of David written in the 143rd Psalm accurately revealed the conditions upon which, and of course we see this, uh, this also in other places of Scripture, we see upon the conditions upon which a man is called to give God the right to interject his mercy into, into our life. And this has been the component of our continual study. Psalm 143 and lower, 1 and lower. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me to dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. And speaking about this enemy, we need to understand that this is our old self, because the outer enemy cannot crush our life to the ground. Only what, can, what lives within us can crush our life to the ground. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all your works, I muse on the works of your hands, I spread out my hands to you, my soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. If these were enemies that were outside of us, then God would not have covered his face. But something happens when we sin and we feel that the Lord has covered his face and we feel ashamed and we begin to pray. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Not looking at the fact that I have sinned, I still trust in you. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you 
are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake, for your righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. Therefore, to be heard by God, as we see David needed to present to God a basis, cause, or particular right that would be able to serve as sufficient evidence before God so that God can intervene into David's life. This is with his faithfulness and righteousness, and such evidence in this prayer, as we already know, were ten unique arguments that David presented to God, saying, Hear me. In your faithfulness and your righteousness, hear me because I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. Hear me because I spread out my hands to you. Hear me for in you do I trust. In another place of scripture he says, I do not trust upon my bow. Hear me because I lift up my soul to you. Hear me because in you I take shelter. Hear me for you are my God. Hear me for your name's sake. Hear me for your righteousness' sake. And hear me for I am your servant. In the previous services, we had already studied the nature of the first argument that was evidence that David abided in faithfulness and righteousness that gave God the lawful right to stand on the side of David in his opposition against his enemies. <laughs> and we had stopped to study the second argument. The second argument is evidence written upon the tablets of the heart of David that he presented in prayer in the memories of the days of old and all the deeds that God had done in those days. This form of evidence in the, is the breastplate of judgment of the high priest, which is a continual remembrance or a continual memorial before God, containing the component of continual prayer. In Scripture, there are a lot of components of memory for God or uh, items that are a memory for the Lord or, or remind God. But there's only one component, one item, that is a continual memory, and this is the breastplate of judgment of the high priest. And the breastplate of judgment was created for one purpose, and this purpose was the urm and the thummim in the heart of a man. The existence of these two allowed God to hear man and man to hear God. I say one component, urm and thummim, and I explain that these are two great uh, witnesses uh, of God that support one the other. They are never uh, separated. This is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, to be heard by God in the revelation of His urim, so that God would be able to hear us and give us his revelation of the Holy Spirit, it was necessary to keep within your mind the works of God, that is his thummim, his truth, his teaching, his deeds that he has done in the days of old. Answering the second question, what purpose has the breastplate of judgment as a component of continual remembrance within the relationship of a redeemed person and God himself, we came to the conclusion that the breastplate of judgment as an item of continual remembrance before God is a sacral symbol of the format of continual prayer. Continual prayer. This is the 
most powerful form of prayer. Sometimes people say the most powerful uh, prayer is one that is with a fast. No, the most powerful prayer is a continual prayer, one that is persistent. Therefore, prayer that is not in accordance to the requirements and characteristics of the breastplate of judgment does not have the right to be called prayer, because only the format of continuous prayer that is one that is persistent, presented in the breastplate of judgment of the high priest, gives us the right to come before God to enter the holy place as kings and priests of God. Not possessing the virtues of a king and a priest, we will be unable to present the interests of the judgments of God in accordance to those commandments and statutes that identify the union of teachings of Jesus Christ. If we don't leave our nation, our house, our corrupt desires, we will not be able to again present his righteousness, the union of teachings of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh, contained the twelve precious stones of the breastplate of judgment, and the twelve names of the sons of Jacob written upon those stones. <clears throat> Here is how Apostle Paul presented the nature of the breastplate of judgment, symbolizing continual prayer in his books. Colossians 4.2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. We note that continued, continuity or continu, continuing earnestly in prayer identifies a joyously burning lamp, identifying the condition of the righteous heart of a man. Psalm 13:9. the light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. The built order of the breastplate of judgment identifies the demands of spirit and truth, that the true worshiper of God, whom God seeks, need to be in accordance to and need to possess. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Breaking or interfering the order of the build, order of building the breastplate of judgment, identifying the state and nature of a true worshiper, the breastplate of judgment loses its nature and its purpose. the symbol of the breastplate of judgment is identified as the conscience of a man purified from dead works, upon the tablets of whom, just as a sign at the teaching of Jesus Christ, is imprinted that came in the flesh. Therefore, the conscience that is purified of dead works, with the imprinted faithfulness and righteousness upon its tablets, is called to identify the nature of true, of true worshippers of God, that upon the foundation of faithfulness and righteousness would be able to worship God in spirit and in truth, and in this way give God the right to function in them and through them upon planet Earth. In a specific format, we have already studied the measurements and the nature of materials from which the breastplate of judgment is supposed to be built. We need to build of ourselves this breastplate of judgment. We need to be in accordance in our spirit, be in accordance to this breastplate of judgment. Exodus 20, 17 
through 21, and you shall put settings of stone in it. First row, sardius, topaz, and emerald. Second is turquoise, sapphire, and diamond. Third, jacinth, agate, and amethyst. And fourth row, beryl, onyx, onyx, and jasper. They shall be set in gold settings. And the stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engraving of a signet, each one with its own name. They shall be according to the twelve tribes. We note that the twelve golden filigree settings of the breastplate of judgment is the living, undamaged, and presented in its original form, truth, identified as eternal life imprinted and abiding upon the tablets of our heart, identifying the word of God that once came out of the mouth of God. Therefore, the twelve golden settings identify the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh, that we as worshipers of God are called to present in our continual prayer. The twelve precious stones, with engraved upon them as a sign at names of the sons of Israel, is a symbol and format of our continual prayer presenting the perfect judgment of God. From this we can see that it wasn't the golden settings being the truth of the word of God that were adjusted in measurement and configuration for the precious stones, but the precious stones which were the ones which are our prayers are the ones that were adjusted and configured to fit the golden settings of truth. Continual prayer in the twelve precious stones of the breastplate of judgment with the twelve names is a persisting prayer that in its intercession presents the interests of the will of God and does not sway away or step away from the goal until what is asked for is received. The building of the breastplate of judgment contains not just measurements and nature of materials, but also method and means that are called to identify the nature of a continual prayer necessary for reaching the goals that God has placed for us to build the kingdom of heaven within our heart, which is also identified as the tree of life. Growing the tree of life within your heart is building yourself up into a new person created in accordance to God in righteousness and holy truth into a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. With this we will remember that all of the beauty and order of the temple was built for one holy item and for the service of that one holy item. This was the golden ark of the covenant. The same thing with the ephod of the high priest with a connected to it breastplate of judgment. It was created for and served only one holy item. This item very accurately was called to duplicate and fulfill the function of the golden ark. This was the Urim and the Thummim. Because the golden ark of the covenant as well as the breastplate of judgment symbolize from different angles and with various purposes the conscience of a man cleansed from dead works. The Urim and the Thummim in Hebrew means light and perfection, light and the right or revelation and truth. For example, the Ten Commandments inside the ark of the covenant is the truth. And the truth upon the breastplate of judgment is the thummim. The revelation that a person could receive at the mercy seat or the lid of the ark is the urim in the breastplate of judgment. Therefore, only a person who has a conscience cleansed from dead works or a wise heart upon which the truth in the form of the thummim is imprinted can be a worshiper of God. The revelation of God, also known as his Urim, can function only within the boundaries of truth. This truth within the heart of a person is the Thummim, the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh. As it is written, Exodus 31.6, I have put wisdom in the heart of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you. 
какую-то еще другую мудрость, дабы они сделали все, что я повелел тебе. And so only, there are only two forms of wisdom that are united together would be able to build us into a spiritual house. Practically, it's talking about the quality and friendship of two formats of wisdom, as we just said, that are contained in the Thummim and the Urim, and about the fact that carriers of the Urim and the Thummim are two worshippers of God and possess the immune system. This, again, is the most fascinating thing. They possess the immune system of the Holy Spirit. This is written in the blessings of to Levi by Moses, Deuteronomy 33, 8 through 11. <coughs> and of Levi he said, Let your Thummim and your Urim be with your Holy One. Levi is one binded to God and about them it is written, Let your Thummim and your Urim be with your Holy One, whom you tested at Massa, and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah, who says of his father and mother, I have not seen them, nor did he acknowledge his brothers, or know his own children, for they have observed your word and kept your covenant. They died for their nation, their house, and their corrupt desires. They shall teach Jacob your judgments, and Israel your law. They shall put incense before you, and a whole burnt sacrifice on your altar. Bless his substance, Lord, and accept the work of his hands. Strike the loins of those who rise against him, and of those who hate him, that they rise not again. Deuteronomy 33, 8-11. This is the prayer of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit placed into the heart of Moses. And Moses, together with the Holy Spirit, spoke this prayer. With this we note that the future of men that say of themselves that they belong to the chosen by God nation, however hate and confront the carriers of the Thummim and the Urim, hate them because they themselves do not have the Thummim and the Urim, their future is the lake of fire burning with fire and brimstone. In a specific format, we have already looked at the first five qualities of a warrior in prayer and the first five precious stones of the breastplate of judgment by which God can continuously reveal His will upon planet Earth and stop to study the sixth quality and precious stone, diamond. We know that the sixth name that was carved upon the precious stone, diamond, was the sixth uh, son of Jacob, Nephtali, which means wrestler. And Rachel's maid, Bila, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With great wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. So she called this name Nephtali. Genesis 37, 8. We note that the diamond is a brilliant stone, it is a pure carbon, and so that is why it contains great hardness and resistance. The word brilliant doesn't apply to any other stone except for the brilliant shine and polish of a diamond. According to the Jewish rabbinate, the name of God we see revealed in the precious diamond stone in Hebrew is El-Hai, which when translated means God is alive. Therefore, based on the de definition of the name Naphtali upon the precious diamond stone, we can see that the function of the sixth principle identifying the nature of continual prayer with which we need to be a continual memorial before God is our ability to allow the Holy Spirit to abide with us in our prayer battles against the powers of hell which confront us when we fulfill the will of God by the name of the living God. 
Jeremiah 10.10, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure His indignation. The name of the living God is a format of an oath and the category of the nation that has not learned to swear by the living God or swore falsely were completely destroyed. Jeremiah 12, 16, 17 And it shall be, if they will learn carefully the ways of my people to swear by my name, as the Lord lives, as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then they shall be established in the midst of my people. But if they do not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, says the Lord. Therefore, to not be eradicated and eliminated by the wrath of the living God, it is necessary to learn the ways of the nation of God, to swear by the name of God El Hai, or by the living God. And these ways are the paths of the commandments and statutes of God. The condition that gives us the right to learn the ways or paths of God's commandments and statutes, to swear by the names of the living God, is to thirst to know them. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the ways of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. In it. Psalm 119.32-35 We note that in Hebrew, alive or living, when, it, regarding, when we're speaking of God or in regards to God, is abiding who is with unconditional authority, defining Genesis, creating the Genesis, holding the Genesis, keeping the Genesis, ruling over this Genesis, and commander and lord of the Genesis. Deuteronomy 10, 20-21 You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve Him, and to Him you shall hold fast and take oath in His name. He is your praise and He is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. The result of swearing by the name of the living God was always the fulfillment of the promise of God, for the sake of which the oath was made. The power of a warrior in prayer contained within the quality of the name of the living God is called to present the unlimited power of God over Genesis in the allotted by him for us time and boundaries. Therefore, it is necessary for us to determine what goal God has in his intentions when he urges and calls his children to become warriors in prayer. Also, in what way and upon what conditions is God able and desires to give man the right to become a warrior in prayer so that man may present the interests of God and implement or actualize his inheritance in God. Per the definition provided in Scripture to be a warrior in prayer is the lawful and privileged inheritance of holy men of all times. This is their primary or first most purpose that is revealed in their calling, to trample upon uncleanness and the unclean in their prayer battles as dirt on the streets. This is one of the greatest positions that is gifted by God to man, in which a person becomes a king and a priest to God, and is seen by God as a brilliant stone or the diamond stone with the name of Naphtali. Not being a king and a priest to God, in the virtues of which a person receives the right to reign with his informational organ over his emotional organ, it is impossible to be a warrior in prayer. The informational organ is the renewed mind of man. 
Many people do not possess this renewed mind, and when a person does not have this renewed mind, then the emotional organ or emotions always rule his mind, and he is always basing everything from his emotions. And he has information, but he serves his emotions, and he levels his spiritual, uh, or he measures his spiritual levels uh, based upon his emotions. And with this, their mind, then they pervert the scriptures uh, to please these corrupt desires they have. The prayer of a warrior in prayer is a sacral or holy mystery that has an unearthly genesis, therefore is inex inaccessible to the comprehension of the human mind or with human abilities. We more than once note that by its nature the genesis of prayer is the genesis of God, therefore the genesis of prayer as well as the genesis of God does not have a beginning and does not have an end. Prayer is the language of God identifying the essence of God and identifying find the word of God that identifies the genesis of God. Prayer has always been the mystery of God as it has always existed in his presence as his golden scepter of favor that he stretched forth to the one that would seek his face in performing his will. If, however, anyone dared come to him upon his own conditions, not being called into his presence, then God's golden scepter of favor is not stretched out to the one asking and results in this person's prayer being unheard by God and unfulfilled. John 9.31, Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. In accordance to this place of scripture, God becomes the initiator of prayer in the situation that a warrior in prayer in the virtue of his worshiper begins to pray with the language of God, identifying the precious essence of God in his unchanging will. <clears throat> because the right to come close to and stand before God in prayer is the exclusive prerogative of God. No one will be able to or will dare by himself to come close to, to or approach God, the God that desires to abide in darkness or mystery or in the unapproachable light. Jeremiah 30, 21 through 22. Jeremiah speaks in the Holy Spirit, their nobles shall be from among them and their governor shall come from their midst. Then I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach me. For who is this who pledged his heart to approach me, says the Lord? You shall be my people, and I will be your God. In accordance to this prophetic revelation, we can see that approaching or entering God's presence is the task of one governor that will come from the nation seed of Abraham. This is the only son of God in the status of a son of man, in whom and by whom any bo anyone born from God and seeking God would be able to approach and enter God's presence. <coughs> 1 Timothy 1.18 This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. And so to define and build a clear and orderly for a system that will teach us and help us get to know the language of God in the signs, and contained, signs contained in the nature of continual prayer, identifying the state of a warrior in prayer that would be able to be founded on, on specific commands of God, giving man the lawful right to swear by the name of the living God. Based upon the revelations written in Scripture, our prayer in the quality of a warrior in prayer, identified by the virtue of the diamond, needs to be 
continual, persistent, diligent, with boldness, with reverence, with revealing or expressing the faith of our heart, with thanksgiving, with joy, in the fear of the Lord, in the Holy Spirit, or prayer in, in tongues. Further, we note that each of the ten listed righteous qualities are present in each other, come one from the other, strengthen one the other, complete one the other, and identify the truthfulness of one the other. In other words, each of the ten listed qualities are existent in balance and are present in each other in each of the other nine. Therefore, the truthfulness of each of the qualities is determined by the presence of the other qualities that together, united, make up a wonderful balance and perfect in knowledge. Nevertheless, each of the ten qualities has its own face, it's unrepeated and inherent only to its taste, color, odor, and character of behavior, and thus has its own exclusive and specific application and its own specific purpose. In a specific format, we have already looked at the signs of the first five qualities included in prayer as well as the state of a warrior in prayer, identifying the atmosphere of his heart and stop to study the seventh quality within the nature of a warrior in prayer. This is thanksgiving and prayer. We note that thanksgiving and prayer is the expression of a thankful heart before God. To better understand the meaning or significance of the element of thanksgiving, we selected as a foundation four classical questions to help us better understand the essence that is contained in the quality and character of thanksgiving so we can be dressed into it and reveal it in our prayer life. Defining the essence and purpose of thanksgiving, the price for obtaining thanksgiving, keeping and developing thanksgiving, and the fruits and rewards in the fruits of thanksgiving. But first, I will once again list the antonyms or opposite qualities of prayer that we have been studying, because having the background of the antonyms of each quality, we will better and more clearly see the quality and character of the real qualities of prayer. The antonyms of continual is unfaithful or one not continuing. The antonym of persistent is resistant. The antonym of diligent is lazy. The antonym of boldness is audacity. The antonym of reverence is forsaking or hating. The antonym of thanksgiving is being unthankful. In scripture, the quality and character contained in the word thanksgiving is in prayer as a command, is a command in prayer and requirement as something that needs to be fulfilled. If, if not fulfilled, we break our relationship with God and we are connected or membered then to the unclean. In accordance to scripture, the essence of the word thanksgiving as the rest of the elements is directly linked to the quality of our faith and the quality of our obedience to the will of God. And before we continue to study the quality and nature of a thankful heart to prompt our, our understanding, I will bring forth a couple of uh, expressions of philosophers of in the world. They're uh, point of view and their opinion their point of view of thanks of thanksgiving is unfortunately somewhat better than even some of some people that call themselves as Christians thanksgiving is is one of the greatest formats of respect this is a sign of the goodness of the soul this is 
something that cannot be purchased with money. The unthankful are the ones that rely upon thankfulness the most. One who is thankful does not change his opinion even in difficult times. Thanksgiving is not as much an obligation but satisfaction, one that is always paid and in the previous services, we had begun to study the first part of the question, of the first question, what qualities and characteristics do the scriptures give to thanksgiving? And before we turn to the second part of the first question, I will shortly remind us of the essence of the first part of it. Thanksgiving and prayer can come only from a good and thankful heart. The kind of quality of the heart of a warrior in prayer will be the kind of prayer you will have. We will remember that our thanksgiving uh, in specific obedience to God, when we have God's statutes within our heart, then our prayers will be accurate. Psalm 50, 16, 17, But the wicked gods, to the wicked God says, What right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth, seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you? The first sign of, nat of the nature of thanksgiving and prayer is the result that identifies the nature of praise in our worship to God. The second sign of the nature of thanksgiving in our prayers identifies worship in spirit and in truth as without as without these qualities we cannot call our prayer a prayer we also see that the third quality of the nature of thanksgiving in prayer is our faith to god and identifies and identifies our union with God. The fourth is the priorities of bearing fruit in spirit, and the fifth is not having everything we possess all things. The sixth, nature of a warrior in prayer and the nature of thanksgiving in our prayers is not having a bad mouth and not speaking evil things. And the seventh sign of the nature of, a, of thanksgiving within our prayers is the nature of our offering that is called to obtain the favor of God. Leviticus 22, 29 through 30. And when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. On the same day it shall be eaten. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. And so when we reveal our thanksgiving to God, then with thanks, this thanksgiving, we need to fulfill our, our uh, vow or our promise in that same day that we have expressed it with our thanksgiving. To thank, give, thanksgiving is to thank God. In scripture, uh, sacrifice of thanksgiving or offering of thanksgiving is a peace offering, which talks about the fact that the one bringing this peace offering is a person that is a person of peace. 
or in the covenant of peace. Leviticus 7.11-15 This is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings which he shall offer to the Lord. If he offers it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil or cakes of blended flour mixed with oil mixed anointed blended all of these besides the cakes as his offering he shall offer leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offering and from it he shall offer one cake from each offering as a heave offering to the Lord. It shall belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the peace offering. The flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering for thanksgiving shall be eaten, eaten the same day it is offered. It shall not, he shall not leave any of it until morning. So the flesh of the peace offering is a symbol of the body of Christ that was broken for our sins. And so we see that this directs to that day that the Lord with the death by the death of a son reconciled all things by the blood of Christ and we see further he, sh he is the head of the body and the church who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have the preeminence for it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of his cross Colossians 1 18 through 20 and together the flesh the cakes and the oil is a symbol of the thummim that is the truth that is called to abide within our heart the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh at the same time the oil that takes part in the different uh, uh, bread offerings or cake offerings is different forms in its different forms is a symbol of the Urim which is the Holy Spirit our thanksgiving to God in the sacrifice of thanksgiving or offering of thanksgiving we symbolize that those cakes or those breads when we offer our body as a sacrifice the thanks thanksgiving of God is the revelation of his Urim, that is the format of the anointed oil that represents the Holy Spirit upon our thanksgiving, where we respond or are in accordance to the requirements of these breads and cakes and oil. I would like to pay our attention to four components of thanksgiving, God's thanksgiving and our thanksgiving. The Urim, uh, and the thummim. And so these four we see as mixed with oil, being anointed with oil, saturated with oil, and prepared with oil. And so the leavened breads the unleavened breads and I shall put the wisdom in the heart of all the artisans that they may do all that I have commanded you Exodus 31 6 this is being in accordance to the 
breads. And in this situation, our thanksgiving to God with our conscience purified from dead works and the teaching of Jesus Christ within our heart, the thanksgiving of God is the anointed wisdom of the Holy the anointed wisdom that is in the Holy Spirit. And so dead works are good works that are initiated by our flesh. The same kind of deed can either be a foul odor or a good odor. Unleavened breads that are anointed with oil is our boldness because they're anointed based upon the faith of our heart that is the thummim anointed by the power of the power of the Holy Spirit how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him Acts 10:38. in this aspect our thanksgiving to God is presented in the boldness of our faith and the thanksgiving of God to the boldness of our faith is presented in the power of his goodness and healing from the power of the devil. We need to remember that boldness in faith is the lawful right or the anointed power of the Holy Spirit based upon the power of the blood of the cross of Christ, upon the power of the cross, upon the power of the cross of Christ. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Acts 4.31 The flower that was saturated with oil is the result of our abiding in the truth of the Thummim, identifying the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh. And so this is meditation. To be saturated is to meditate because this is uh, slowly it's being saturated. So you meditate. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. To, be, to abide is to be saturated. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. John 15, 10, 11. One of the meanings of fulfill is or to keep means to meditate you can't uh, keep the commandments of God without meditating uh, about it and so meditating within the Holy Spirit is saturating meditating the commandments of God about the med uh, commandments of God the thumb that's in our heart, the urim, in the format of the oil, which is the Holy Spirit, saturates or fills uh, our heart with understanding and knowledge. Psalm 119.59, I thought about my ways and I turned my feet to your testimonies. After meditation, he saw the revelations of God and turned his feet to those revelations, God's testimonies. If he would not have meditated about them, he would not have seen them. In this time, Apostle Paul, when he was meditating about the vision that he didn't understand, it's interesting that God shows a vision and a person doesn't understand, and this person begins to meditate about this vision, what it means. And at the time of this, uh, this meditation, or thinking, about, he was thinking about it, Acts 10, 19, 20, while Peter 
Peter thought about the vision. The Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. In this aspect, our thanksgiving to God, uh, as we see here in our meditation about, that is about, it's the same process as chewing that can happen. Uh, during our cell groups when we gather and not, and not just the cell groups I meditate about this all the time when I have free time in my mind I meditate even if I don't have time I can somehow meditate even work speaking with someone I at the same time can meditate about God's truth what, it, what this may mean and certain truth of God. And so God give, gives revelations about the mystery we're meditating about. The leavened bread, we know that the, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a woman that put three measures of flour, of leaven and, in her fl in, and oil. And so leavened bread is showing in your faith as the mustard seed showing your faith as you would for, uh, as in the symbol of the mustard seed to show in your faith that is in the kingdom of heaven the power of the Holy Spirit Mark 4 30 through 32 then he said to what shall we liken the kingdom of God or with what parable shall we picture it it is like a mustard seed which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth but when it is sown it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade and so only within the boundaries of truth the Holy Spirit functions. In this aspect, we see that the thankfulness of God, thanksgiving of God, is... Uh, presented as this mustard seed. And so before these unleavened breads are mixed with oil and the anointed and are anointed with oil, they also need to be prepared with oil. And for this you need fire. And so to be prepared with oil is being prepared to be ready to eat because uncooked breads are, or uncooked dough is not eaten and so you're being prepared for every good work this is what it symbolizes and to be prepared with oil is to be a life is to be a life for the world or a light to the world and of course you in this way testify your hatred for lawlessness and your, you testify of the fact that you can be tested and cleansed from anything that is foreign or unclean Psalm 26, 2-7 through 7, examine me O Lord and prove me try my mind and my heart for your loving kindness is before my eyes and I have walked in your truth I have not sat with idolatrous mortals nor will I go in with hypocrites. I have hated the assembly of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocence, so I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all of your wondrous works, to show holiness. And so the second part of the first question, what purpose is our thanksgiving to fulfill in our prayers in the format of praise to God? We gave definition to thanksgiving and now the purpose of it. 
To worthily thank God in the format of the offering of praise, you need to be taught in what order you're to offer uh, offer praise. My lips shall utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue shall speak of your word, for all of your commandments are righteousness. Psalm 119, 171 through 172. The key to understanding thanksgiving and the strategy of praise is within the meaning of the word when you teach me your statutes, which in Hebrew means you shall send a teacher and instructor to learn to be a student in accordance to your statutes, to learn from your statutes to pay the price for learning to become used to or accustomed to act within the boundaries of your statutes, to be instructed upon the paths of your statutes, to be prepared to fulfill your statutes, to be educated about exalting God's statutes. From this we could see that if a person will not be taught the statutes uh, that explain how you are to thank God in prayer, that can be a plea, then his thanksgiving will not be an acceptable one if he is not taught. Philippians 4, 6, 7, Be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God with sur- which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so prayer and supplication with thanksgiving without a specific element of what you're asking will not have purpose. And so if a person will not understand and accept and testify before God, a person Thanks, person's thanksgiving will not be acceptable. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your words. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Psalm 119, 169, 170. It's interesting that in Hebrew, the word... Uh, uh, give me knowledge or understanding in his plea before God talks about the specific state of the one asking and what he's asking for. In Hebrew, there are 12 different uh, meanings that identify each other and pretty much support one the other. Give me understanding is test and understanding and understand the will of God. And so you yourself will test and understand the will of God. In Scripture, it's often written that you test the will of God. Is this the will of God, or is this my will, or the will of a demonic spirit that is trying to force his will? Test and understand the will of God. Think deep of the mystery that is covered in his word. Allow God to pass on his under- pass on His understandings to us. Obtain the ability to di- differ good and evil. Be prepared to heed the word of God, to be instructed upon the path of righteousness. Meditate upon the past things and link them with the future things. To be educated about the signs and the times. To be taught to care and take care of the given word. 
to care and take care of the given word that we receive, to receive wisdom to explain the reason for things that happen, to act wisely and behave wisely, be able to widen or expand the boundaries of your inheritance. This is what it means when David says, give me wisdom. Due to this definition of the truth and the revelation of this truth, David was able to thank God in the offering of praise which he lifted up, the word of God he lifted up over the sin and death that was in his body. In these last days, the days of all <coughs> forms, <coughs> the days where there are so many different forms of perishing information, only one who loves the word, learns the word, <coughs> accepts the word, meditates about the word, depends from the word, and abides within the word, will not be <coughs> turned away from the truth. We need to know that emotional freedom in service to God does not show your level of spirituality, and if our emotions are not controlled by the informational organ, or our renewed mind, which uh, cooperates with the truth of the written word, our emotional freedom in worship will then be transformed into curse and destruction. To thank God in the offering of praise, we need to always uh, look at how our thanks, thanksgiving is a, in accordance to God's will. Praise, when it comes to the statutes of God, includes these components. Praise is the evaluation of, 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 of acts that the Lord has uh, called for. As Adam had named all the animals, Adam called each one by its own name, expressing the glory of God covered within the statutes, demonstrating the virtues that the statutes of God have, giving preference to the word of God that is contained in his statutes. We know that God is a servant of his word, he's dependent from his word, and considers his word above or higher than all his names, or above all his names. And so he wants us to consider his word in the same way. The greatness of wisdom that is contained in his statutes, the praise hymns that are contained in his statutes, our songs need to have the statutes of God and be in accordance to the statutes of God expressing the power of God contained in his statutes. The goal of thanksgiving in praise is activating and revealing the promises that are contained in the statutes of God from the unseen world to the seen, because in the statutes of God are the promises of God. And this kind of transformation is called by God to be done by the confession of such thanksgiving and praise that comes from our heart. My lips shall utter praise that is thanksgiving when you teach me your statutes. Or uh, my lips shall speak thanksgiving that is expressed in praise when your statutes will be the consistency of my heart. My lips shall utter praise after you teach me your statutes means that you, my lips shall 
flow as the river of life. They shall flow in the direction of your heart. It shall speak the sacred things. They shall proclaim your liberty. My lips shall speak of your commandments, my lips, my confessions. By them I shall walk around your inheritance. My lips shall behave in accordance to your statutes. My lips shall express the life that is contained within your statutes. My, li- my lips shall have a dialogue with you in accordance to your statutes, and your statutes will work for me. And so these are a part of our thanksgiving when we speak God's statutes these are called to come from our heart into the direction of God's heart that will bring him joy (coughs) considering that the purpose of the thanksgiving of God is fulfilling the perfect will of God I'll bring forth uh, ten purposes of thanksgiving and praise that allows God to fulfill his will and uh, respond to the thanksgiving of a person with his own thanksgiving (coughs) First first purpose of thanksgiving and praise is called to reveal the life of God in the heart and be the key of life from the entrails of our heart. Behold, he struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? Psalm 78, 20. The phrase, and the waters gushed out and streamed over, streams overflowed, showed the, the purpose of thanksgiving. And so the reason for why we thank God is that he struck the rock and the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. The reason for why the waters flowed out is because God struck the rock, which means the death of his son. By striking the rock, God gave his son for us so that we be free from this evil age, which is why we need to thank God. The phrase, can he give bread also and can provide meat for his people, talk about the category of people who are unthankful, that with their unthankfulness have uh, become angry against God. And the Lord heard, therefore the Lord heard thus and was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also came up against Israel. They weren't happy that they didn't receive the car they wanted or that husband that they wanted or that specific person that I want and a person sets one person in their mind, that's the one they want and they married someone else and this person's no longer happy. (coughs) Oh, in Egypt we were able to have all these things. The one that we wanted we were able to... (coughs) to have and here it's impossible of course I speak it here in symbols but and this is a category of people who are unthankful and do not thank God and don't see why 
Therefore the Lord heard this and was furious, so a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Psalm 78, 21-22. Apostle Paul said, If we only in this life trust upon Christ, then we are more unfortunate than all men. Even if I don't receive <coughs> something in this life materialistically, that I will ask from God, this will not stop my thanksgiving. He has the right to give and he has the right not to give. It's his right. If I ask something of the Lord, I never have in my heart that if he doesn't give this to me, that I will be upset. When I ask, I ask very carefully. I say, Lord, <coughs> I don't want to offend you. If I ask something that you don't like, let me know this, and I will <coughs> overcome that and will stay with what I have and be happy with that. I'm very careful to ask God something materialistic and even being upset that he's not giving it. The second purpose of thanksgiving and praise is called to spring from our heart as a fountain towards the direction of the heart of God. Our thanksgiving needs to flow out of us <clears throat> but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. John 4.14 God or a person <clears throat> God gives water he and it's a thanks, thankful he's thankful and a person then responds with thanksgiving as well. <coughs> and so this water of life is the Son of God. For a person that is thirsty to drink the water of life, it is necessary for him to understand the preached word about the kingdom of heaven. How can he drink if he doesn't understand it? <coughs> To understanding, uh, to understanding the teaching of Christ, a person needs a different format of life. This is the Holy Spirit. These are two formats of life that the Holy Spirit spoke of wa as water that he can give to one that is thirsty and thankful. A thirsty heart is a thankful heart. <coughs> John 7, 37 through 39, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When I thirst to know the truth, and I thirst the revelation to this truth, then this speaks of the fact that my heart is thankful. Only having these two formats of, or the presence of these two formats, that is, the Urim, that's the Holy Spirit, and the Thummim, that is the truth, can a person quench this thirst. And the words of the, uh, of the mouth of this person confessing the faith of his heart will do that. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. Proverbs 18.4 
Here's not talking about <coughs> the words of, a, of any man's mouth, but this is talking about a good person, a person who has a wise heart, the two formats of wisdom, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. The words of his mouth are deep waters, the wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. In this way, the words of the mouth <coughs> become for a person deep waters, the spring of wisdom and a flowing brook. Deep waters are the symbol of the dependence of the thumb you have. Ezekiel 47 5 again he measured 1,000 and was and was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep waters in which one must swim a river that could not be crossed he said to me this water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and entered the sea. And so this water was not able to be crossed. <coughs> and so these are these deep waters when a person is uh, thirsty. And so here we see how a person can depend from the Holy Spirit. He measured 1,000 and was a river that I could not cross. A person needs to pass these 1,000 uh, cubits and... And when the man went out to the east with the line of his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. Again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my knees. Again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters came up to my waist. This is how we become dependent from the Holy Spirit and what is happening. These deep waters, when a person is thirsty, this is how he will be filled. And the spring of wisdom is the thummim and the urim that is abiding within the heart of a person. This is from where he can continually draw water to be able to quench his thirst. Now the spring is in him and from it he can uh, take from it and in himself he could take from it and quench his thirst because the Holy Spirit is in his heart. I will pray and lift my <coughs> and lift my head, my head, but the response will be within my heart <coughs> because I have both the urim and the thummim within myself. And the flowing brook is the confession of the faith of the wise person. This is when a person confesses the faith of his heart, he knows when he needs to confess it. When the time comes, what is faith? Faith is, is the things that faith is not functioning in the future or in the past, it functions only in the present. When the Urim, Holy Spirit, reveals something to me that this place that you have carried so long in your heart is the promise 
that you speak of so much and desires to be dressed into and confessed and meditate upon and claim for yourself and you watered it and you worked with it how to uh, be dressed into the new person you grew and grew this promise within your heart and the day will come when the Urim the Holy Spirit will say now son daughter this is yours and as soon as a person will hear this he begins to confess this faith and as soon as he begins to confess this faith then immediately will happen and he will receive and this flowing this brook will begin to flow faith it only works in the present faith is the substance of things hoped for the unseen is in hope and this hope is within our heart that is the Urim and the Thummim we have it I want us to understand that that we today heard a very important for us thing that we, we all want to depend from the Holy Spirit we all want to be led by the Spirit of God but this is a process and the Holy Spirit leads every one of us when we come to the service when we measure off a thousand cubits if we're paying attention it's as if the same truth the same some as if bread but he begins to uh, work with you differently or it begins to affect you differently when it's uh, to your ankles and then uh, when it's now to your knees you begin to feel something different <clears throat> and there when you can no longer walk then you need to swim you know when your body is fully in water and the uh, <coughs> when the water just takes you so right now we are going to thank God that in our life he will do this he's faithful to his word remain faithful to him and continue to believe and be long-suffering <coughs> absolutely in the given time we will be dressed into our new person by the resurrection of Christ our weaknesses and our sicknesses will be gone and we will meet Jesus Christ healed healthy energetic let us bend our knees and pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I worship together with your holy people upon this place, <coughs> the place that you've appointed to reveal here to, to us your Urim, to show the meaning of your Thummim. <coughs> Thank you that you've made every one of those who hear this word, you begin to transform them into this breastplate of judgment. We begin to understand the meaning of persistent persistent prayer that we need to present this continual prayer with the way of our life with the way that we think when we continually meditate about your truth about your words then you begin to reveal it within our heart when we stop complaining that we no longer understand but with fear and trembling we bow down before the words we don't understand and then you begin to reveal it within our heart may your mercy and truth be blessed for your holy people because we have stood upon the path of your promises that you have written in your word and we attempt to confess it and live in accordance to your will 
we wait for when you, by the power of your Spirit, will dress us into our new person. We ourselves cannot dress ourselves into the new person without the help of your Word and your Spirit. And you, by the power of your Word, by the power of your Spirit, cannot do this without us. We need to collaborate together. You yearn because you still have not been able to do this, just as you did when you came upon this earth and said, how I yearn for this to be fulfilled. Your heart of a loving father is just burning because you see your children sick and weak when you are full of healing and goodness that you have kept till this day for your children but they still don't have this but we thank you that we already have all of this within our heart many of your children do not have this within their heart and that's why they don't have joy they don't have hope they don't have trust, they walk around with their head down, unhappy, and are always looking for places that they hear noise, but we thank you that you have allowed us to differentiate your noise from the demonic noises. May your, the noise of your waters, the sound of your waters, <clears throat> be heard and may your waterfalls come down so that we may see your full rivers into which we may enter in accordance to your words when you teach us your statutes then we will be able to speak and sing praises to you may your greatness be upon us may your wisdom and the power of your Holy Spirit be upon us so we may understand the truth of your words we worship before you and we thank you, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever Amen <laughs>